Not all the time. I know you're surprised when he gets it right, but you know, no, 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 that's not accurate either. But that's what you need to understand. It's the picture is the church. The church yields to Christ. The church yields, the wife yields to the husband. This make a beautiful family. And in the next part, and I probably have to have a help with the clicker on that one too, so is to, for the husbands. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave, him up, gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. You see the correlation? It just goes together. That I'll tell you what, if your husband is a man that loves you like Christ loves the church, you'll have no problem yielding. You will say, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I'm glad I've got a husband that yields to God. I will gladly yield to him. So husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, it is um, not in our nature as we are born, as a sinful nature, to think of others first. But when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, that is all you're supposed to do is think of others first. You're always last. So, well, I'm, I, but I'm important. So, you think of yourself last, and everybody else thinks of themselves last. You have harmony. Everybody's helping everybody. That's what's supposed to happen in the family. The family is to be a reflection of the nature of God, the nature of the church we're going to talk about at the end. We'll get going. That he might present himself a bride that is spotless. Gentlemen, if you're married, you present your wife to God spotless. It's your job to help her walk closely with God. You walk closely with God, show her how. She'll walk closely with God and say, well, pastor, this is a dream world. I know. I know it's a dream and it's turned into a nightmare for a lot of folks, but I want you to know, this, these, these are the uh, manufacturer's instructions. God made you and this is the way he made you to be. And if you're not doing that, it's like taking uh, a lampshade off of a lamp and taking a nail to the wall and trying to hammer that nail into the wall with a light. It wasn't made for that. And it won't work. It does not work for the woman to be the head of the household. It just, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, I have to be because he's so lazy he won't do anything. He's not ahead of anything. The household goes the way the man leads it to go, whether she thinks she's leading or not. Yield yourself and let God have him. I said, yield yourself and let God have him. Say, God, he's yours. He's all yours. See what God will do. Maybe it'll scare, scare him silly. I don't know. But wouldn't it also scare you, gentlemen, if your wife yielded to you? That's what's going on. What? Wait, wait. Whoa. She's not telling me what to do. She's listening and she's yielding and we're, we're making decisions together. And we're, 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 it's, it's almost like we're one. Have you ever heard that anywhere in the Bible? <laughs> Two flesh shall become one. That's what marriage is all about. Charlie Brown, it's the way it's supposed to be. And it's good. It's good. That's just powerful stuff. There's, there's a whole lot under the husband's part, so I'm not finished with them. Let's move to the next thing. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. 
How about that? For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we're members of his body. I, I think on, I'll forget which, if it's Sunday night or Wednesday night, because I'm trying to get used to what I'm doing, you know, uh, around here. But on Sunday night, I'm preaching, uh, teaching the Bible study through the Sermon on the Mount, and on Wednesday night, we're going through spiritual gifts, so probably the spiritual gifts. But you think... You never, if you see somebody walking down the street slapping himself in the face every three or four steps, he just walks in and starts slapping himself and just walks, you, something's wrong. It doesn't take much for you to figure out. You don't have to have a degree in psychology. Something ain't right. Slapping himself in the face, what's the matter with that man? Something's wrong with him. Well, what is it like if you're in the family and you're slapping each other around? And you're in the church and slapping each other around? What is, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Something's desperately wrong. That's what's going on. You disobeyed God. You love yourself. You love your wife. You love your wife. You love yourself. That's the way it's supposed to be, gentlemen. And boy, is it beautiful. Now, it is modeled in this congregation. There are men and women who follow these directions in this congregation. I've already found them. Didn't take me too long. They stand out. <laughs> You find people that just love Jesus and love each other. It just becomes the way it is. It's a beautiful thing. And if you're shopping, I'm not going to go into shopping for a spouse right now, but I want to. If you're shopping, read this. Find somebody like that, ladies. Find somebody like that, gentlemen. Find somebody that's willing to sign up for what God said it ought to be, what God said it ought to do. And so now, now let's get to the good part, which is, it kind of brings us back around to the uh, women and the men. It finishes up the husbands in verses of 31 and following. For, the re for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. <laughs> Leaving and cleaving, that makes for a sweet relationship. Now, some of you never left. You see, I don't even know who I'm talking about because I haven't been here long enough. Some of you never left your mama. She's running your family. Stop it. Stop it. If you have to move to another state, stop it. Just thought I'd mention it. And if you know who I'm talking about, don't tell me. Uh, I've seen it. I, I, boy, I go, I'll go long if I get into that. But I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen one where the, where the man took the woman's uh, last name. And her family, they lived with her family, he lived with her family, and they took all the stuff, and I'm going, what? And I preached on this, and everybody knew who it was because it was a small church, and, and I preached it anyway. <laughs> I was going to say because I don't care, but it's because I do care. And I went to school with those rascals, too, and it was like, oh, man, this is going to be painful today. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not there anymore either, but they didn't kick me. <laughs> That's not how it happened. Uh, it says, this, this mystery is great, the two becoming one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ in the church. That's a mystery right there. A mystery is something that's true, but it's just now been revealed, something that you've just picked up on. You've learned God has revealed to you. This mystery that Christ and the church are one, that will inherit what Christ has for eternity. That's a mystery. That's crazy stuff. What? I'm just, I was just thinking, Lord, I'm happy I'll be in the, in the, let me in the back 40 and just let me live in heaven. No, 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 no. He said, no, you inherit the whole thing. Come in here. 
You not only are welcome, you belong. You not only belong, but you own this. Now, when we get there, you'll look at me and say, ah, that's what you were talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife is to see to it that she respects her husband. Love and respect. Some guy wrote a book about that. Some guy on marriage wrote Love and Respect. That's a good book on the subject. Pick it up and read it. But the best book on the subject is right in front of us, God's Word. You'll learn things more about yourself than you'll ever know. Here comes the problem. Now, now a wife is to yield herself, and a husband is to give himself. The children are to deny themselves. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, who's running the house now? I've not, I've not been to your house. I don't know what's going on at your house, but I'm going to tell you, in America, I've been living in America all my life. Guess what happened? The kids took over. They're in charge now. We decide what we're going to eat, where we're going to go, when we're going to do it. Whoops. Whoops. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It doesn't say anything that's debatable. And remember, in heaven is not debatable. It's just around here we're having trouble. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. You know, you ought to insist on that. I'm going to tell you what to do, son. I'm going to tell you what to do, daughter. I'm going to tell you what to do, and that's what you're going to do. There's not a debate. It's just going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, we've got some consequences. And give them the consequences. And every time you promise to give them consequences, you follow through. If you do, don't do that, I'm going to do this, and do it. Do it. Now, I ain't going to, I'm not going to get into spanking because, um, is that legal? Still legal here? Oh, good. Do that. Do that. Try it on for size. Don't beat your children. If you beat your children, I'm going to get some big men to come over to your house and take care of you. I'm kidding. Maybe. Well, I'm kidding. But, if, but you spank your children. And you, you love them. You, you'll, you'll, you do. God's Word teaches it so clearly. It says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Now, that's kind of a funny not funny, but it's from the Ten Commandments. Everybody reading this would have understood that this is the commandment that said, honor your father and mother. Uh, and it would talk about that, that, that we would live long in the, in the land that God has given us. It's an individual thing spread out to everybody as a people. Like if everybody in the church, this is an example, if everybody in the church does what God's Word says about these things, then this will be a sweet, harmonious congregation. It will be. It will be. So take care of your kids. Your kids, honor your father and mother. Um, surrender your life to Jesus. If you're a young person, surrender your life to Jesus. Live for Jesus. Honor your father and mother. Uh, I was not raised by Christian parents. My parents never told me, never told me to do anything that was wrong. I cannot think of one instance when my lost parents, my parents divorced when I was four. So my uh, mother... I stayed with her in the summers when I stayed with my dad and then my stepdad who was, we won't get into that, maybe we will later. But um, I can't think of one time they told me to do something that was wrong. Now they did all kinds of things wrong, but they never told me to do it. So I did what they said. 
When I came to Christ, that was my life. I'm going to obey my parents. I'm going to, I thought God's word was for real. Anyway, see, that's what happens when you preach like this. It's going to take a while. The second part of this, yeah, well, the last part of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It addresses the fathers. The fathers are the ones that are the key in the family to, to bring the discipline. And it's not wait till your father gets home. It's your father doesn't have to be here for you to understand what you're supposed to do. Because he's already taught you what you're supposed to do. And the wife has yielded herself, and she can reinforce what they, they both agreed together that will happen with the children. And please do that. Agree together what the discipline's going to be, and stick it to them. <laughs> stick it to them, and love every minute of it. Because they'll grow up. I have to deal with the brats when they become adults. Their parents didn't do what they were supposed to do. And adults just turned into brats. See, and I don't know who I'm talking about because I just got here. This is a great gig right here. <laughs> but you know, after I've been here 100 years, I'm still going to do it. And I'll know who they are. <laughs> so, so now I so said, we got the wives are to yield themselves, and the husbands are supposed to give themselves, and the children are to deny themselves, and the fathers are supposed to control themselves. Do not provoke your children to anger. Sarcasm. It's a beautiful gift sometimes. But with your kids, it's not good. Belittling them, using sarcasm, all the different things you'll do to aggravate your children, it's a sorry thing to do. Don't do that. Don't provoke your children to anger. Tell them what to do. Lead them in what to do. And then when they don't do it, discipline them, but do it in love and do it in a way where you're really pulling for them, not against them. And don't ever say things like, I knew you were going to turn out like that. I knew you would never, you never do it just for you, never this and you never that. Well, if they never, if they never, never do it, it's because you failed. Because they can be taught. They can be trained. And if you say, well, I'm, I'm late in getting started. My, my kid's 40 years old now. I don't really have any advice for you on that one. You know, I guess we could come up with something. I just want to see you spank them. <laughs> Video that for me. The second part of this, I'm thankful to God for family, but in the earthly family and all of what I just said. And I haven't gotten into a hundred things that I would get into um, for time's sake, but it'll come out. It'll spill over and some other things I'll have to say. But the second part has to do with church. The church family. Boy, what a tremendous thing it is to have a church family. You see, the, the family obeying Christ is understood that you'll be part of a church family. They go together. And this is just a sideline, but I'm going to say it right now so you'll know where I stand and you know where the Bible stands on this. That's why you don't have women pastors. You just don't. They say, well, women can do it. That's not what the Bible says. The women can't do anything. It says women aren't pastors. They're just not. Because now imagine this. If I went home today and my wife was my pastor, now I'm not the head of the home. I can't lead in my family and then go to church and my wife leads in church because it's all together. You see what I'm saying? You say, well, that's not fair. If you haven't learned this already, life's not fair. But you've also done something weird. Somehow you've decided 
God loves me less because I can't be a pastor and I'm a woman. Really? You, is that where you've come in your life? You ought to, I've been a pastor for a while. You ought to be glad you're not a pastor. <laughs> I can never do that. It's not the most prestigious job in the world anymore. You know what I'm saying? But I want you to know you're not designed for that. Just like a lamp is not designed to be used as a hammer. You're not designed for that. And, and men, there are a whole lot of things we're not designed for. Just get it in your head how God puts it together. So the family goes through the church family, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. The first part of this chapter is talking about Jesus uh, descending uh, and, and giving gifts. And the, the idea is he's giving gifts to the church. And these, these gifts are actually people who he, he's gifted. And it says in 4.11, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. And that pastors and teachers is conjoined like pastor-teacher. Now, the next slide explains what those are. Uh, apostles are sent ones, divinely appointed representatives. Prophets are proclaimers of the revealed word of God. Evangelists are bearers of the good news. And pastor teachers feed and lead the flock. So what you have is, I think the first two, apostles and prophets, we don't have those anymore, not in this sense. We have people that are sent. We have people that are proclaimers of the re revealed word of God. That would be, I'm doing that right now. But in a special sense, like there are only 12 apostles, you get to the uh, book of Revelation, it talks about the new Jerusalem, the 12 foundation stones, 12 names on those foundation stones, and there are 12. Did you get the message yet? There's only 12 of those. So there's no more apostles like that. No more prophets like the prophets where we have the written word of God. We don't need anybody to proclaim the word of God that's not written and us try to figure that out. We don't have that anymore. Now, a lot of people would disagree with what I just said and just look at them and smile and say, you know, those people are wrong. And you love them anyway, and, and you do it anyway. And you might be a, a member of Five Forks and you disagree with what I just said. That's okay. We don't have to get along. No, we can get along. We do have to get along. But we don't have to get along on every subject. Uh, I'm just telling you, I've been studying the Bible for a good while. I'm telling you, that's what that says. And we'll see as we study through the Bible together over the years. Anyway, evangelists are bearers of the good news. They travel around taking the gospel, the good news of Christ. And pastors and teachers stay in one spot for a, a good bit of time, although they don't stay as long as they used to. It seems like uh, average two or three years and the pastor moves on. That's a, that's a terrible model. I don't mean to scare you, but I don't plan to do that. <laughs> I plan to just stick around. I tell people I want to stay here until I'm turned the wrong way. You know, like this, you know, all right, let's open the Bible. There's something not right if I'm turned around, if I don't even know where you are. But up until that moment, I plan to stick around and just preach God's word, love, love you, walk, with life, walk through life together as a family of faith. Let's just do that and have a blast doing it. It'll just be fun, and we'll see what happens. Let's continue in, in this um, passage. Uh, well, this is an explanation of another passage. So I just popped it in there, and I'm going to let you uh, go, on, go on and read that. Uh, if you can see, can you see that? Oh, it's better up there than it is back there. This is the Apostle Peter. He said, Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. 
and yet, uh, nor yet as uh, lording it over, uh, let me start over, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now that is, three things are mentioned in this passage, the Apostle Peter. It's also mentioned in Acts 20, and I may have put that up there later too, but three, I've got them underlined. Elders, shepherd, and exercising oversight, that's overseer. So an elder, a shepherd, which is pastor, the word pastor, and overseer are three things that a pastor does. We call them pastors. Uh, I don't really want to be called an elder, you know, it's kind of, for some reason, uh, you know. But I have potential of getting old, you know. But uh, that's not what that's talking about, really. It's talking about maturity and, and the faith. But those are the, that's, that's kind of the things, if you want to know what a pastor is supposed to be up and what he's supposed to be doing, that's what it says. So let's move to the next uh, passage in uh, Acts, I think it's Acts chapter 20, verse 28. You can see that one really well. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among you which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. So this is Paul talking to the elders in Ephesus, elders, and he's telling them to be, uh, the Holy Spirit made them overseers and to shepherd, which is pastor, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So that's, I've got my job description all written out. I know what that's all about. God's word is said. And so a shepherd loves a sheep. And you know, sometimes they're not all that hot. Sometimes a shepherd's not all that hot. And I know sometimes you'll, they'll get out and you get out of line. You say, okay, come on back over here. Get back in, God, in God's word. Get back. And you go, yeah, yeah. And they're all over the place. He's like, oh, come on, come on, guys. Come on, come on. And, and it's not easy. It's not easy to do that. But, it, but it's, it's part of life. And we already have some straight away before I even got here. What in the world's going on here? I don't even know who I'm talking about. The beauty of the day. Let's go to the next part. So I think this is the last uh, section. You've endured so well. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I know you can get up and leave anytime the doors are unlocked. But, uh, and I won't say anything if you do. I assume you have to go somewhere. I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you. And I'm going to try to preach God's Word. And I'm going to try to preach it in the briefest fashion as I know how. But... This is the good part. All of that was the introduction kind, not really, but this is the good part. Why do we do all that? The purpose of all of that in all of the, our family, to come together when you receive Christ, to become a family of faith, a church. Everybody needs a church. You don't go to church, you are the church. It's who we are. Oh, I saw it, but I can't say that. I've seen it already in this congregation where somebody's hurting and everybody just comes together. Just comes together to pray and to, and to love. And to, it's, it's beautiful. Now, if you're not a part of that, get to, get to be a part of that. You need a church family. And I know, I know I'm not the best thing in the world. I've already figured that out. I've even been told it a few times. But I want to tell you this. I love being your pastor. And I want, to do the, I want to be the best pastor I can possibly be. I'm going to mess up. I probably already have. Don't even know it. You forgive me and move on. Let me be your pastor. Because I love you. I just want to get to know everybody, know their names, know everything about it. It's driving me crazy right now. But I'll tell you this. You know why I want to do that? Because I'm supposed to do this. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service. 
to the building up of the body of Christ. I want you to walk closer to Jesus than you've ever walked before. I want you to know him better than you've ever known him before. I want you to say, yes, every time God's word is preached, yes, that's what it says. Yes, that's what I'll do. Yes, 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 yes. The world didn't look clear, but now it looks clear. It's messed up. This is the way it's supposed to be. America, the beautiful, is not as beautiful as it used to be. But if we can get our families together, and we can get our churches together, it can come back. It can come back. It can happen. A great spiritual awakening is what we're praying for, that people would come back to the Bible and back to God and back to the church and say, look, hey, what are we supposed to be doing here? Building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith. Unity of the faith is we all agree on the Bible. God loves variety. And from where I'm standing, there's a lot of it. A lot of variety. We're all different. Thank the Lord for that. Wouldn't it be dull if we're all the same? But now, that doesn't mean we all agree all the time. But if we do agree on the Bible, what the Bible has to say. If you say, I don't agree with what you said, Pastor. You show me in the Bible, and I'll stand up here and correct it and say, you know, Brother So-and-so came and showed me from the Bible where I was wrong. I'll do that. I'm not ashamed of that. I'd be glad to do that. It's only happened once. And I did it to myself. I said, you know, last week I said that. I wasn't quite right on that one particular thing there. It's not because I didn't mess up. It's because nobody was listening. <laughs> I don't know. What are we going to do? So until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, don't you just want to know Jesus more and more? To a mature man, to the measure of the stature which is, belongs to the fullness of Christ. That's a big order right there. Maturity. Equipping and maturing saints. I want you to become more and more mature in your walk with Christ. So, well, Pastor, I'm just so far behind. Start now. Start now. Read a chapter in the Bible every day and pray and ask God to help you. That's a start. I mean, just start and see what happens. It's beautiful. All right, let's move on to the next verse. As a result of that, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. That's what's going on in our world. People are just all like this. I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl. I don't know if it's a God or not. I don't, what are you talking about? It's clear right here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, I don't believe that. Well, it didn't change because you don't believe it. It's the same. He made them male and female. That's all. That's all. Now, am I picking on? No, I'm telling you like it. Where are you going to hear this? You're not going to hear it on TV. You're not going to see it. Church from God's Word. That's where you're going to hear it. So it's my job to tell it like it is. And just smile when I do. It's such a wonderful thing not to be tossed about, carried about by every wave and trickery of men and all the false doctrine and all the muckety-muck. It's just so much better to stick with God's Word. Let's just do that. If you don't want to do that, you're in the wrong place. I'm not inviting you to leave. I'm inviting you to get right with God. But if you don't want to get right with God, you can still stick around. This is what you're going to hear. It's in the book. It's right here. This is God's word, not my word. This is God's word. And those of you that love it are going, yes. And those of you that don't, you're going, uh-oh. Uh-oh, what, what have I done? Will you stick around? Just stick around. You may end up liking me before it's over with. It could happen. It could happen. That's all I want to do is just love people and 
teach God's Word. Just love people to teach God's Word. Let's go to verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, which is what I'm doing right now, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. We're growing up in Jesus. We're going to become like Christ. If everybody in the room was just like Jesus, wouldn't this be a church? <laughs> it would be a church. The world would hate us. They'd crucify us. <laughs> Isn't that what? But they would love it. They would say, these people, they're crazy. They love each other so much. They must be those Jesus people. Yes, we are. Verse 16. And then I'll be done. I know you think I'm kidding, but I'm serious. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together but by whatever joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Love, love, that's, that's, that's what's missing. Church being built up in love. Every part, every joint is like a body that's being made healthy again. It's healing up. We need to heal up and get better to where we can do what God wants us to do. And when we do, Love will prevail. And love speaks the truth. Love speaks the truth. And that's what I'm going to do. Till I die. Till I die. And you probably can tell, I just love doing it. I'd rather do this than anything in the world. God bless you for letting me do it. Thank you for letting me be your pastor. It's just, I can't believe it. It's a dream come true. Do you let me be here to, to walk through life with you? I just wish I could name every one of you right now. I know who, what's going on with you. That's what I want. I know that's practically impossible with the, the two cells I have. But that's what I want. I want that. Now, if I stood out there talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, I wouldn't wave my arms and shout. I don't do that. But up here, I might, because you're going to go to sleep if I don't. But you may be here today and you say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never received Jesus into my life. I don't know what that's about. Well, look here. What are you waiting on? The God of the universe created you and sustained you, and Jesus wants to, wants to come into your life today. Don't you wait. And then when you come to Christ, you need to be baptized. Say, I'm standing up publicly, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm unashamed of Him being my Lord and Savior. Unashamed. And then let the, let the pastor, the teachers, all that, teach what Jesus taught us. That's what He said in Matthew 28, what we're supposed to be doing. So I invite you to come to Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you what, this is the way I do it. Because <laughs> that's what I have to tell you. I'm going to wait on you for a little bit to respond, but I'm not going to stand here all day. I'm not going to sing the 14th verse. No, no. So I'm telling you ahead of time, I'm not going to do that. It's a waste of your time, a waste of my time. If you don't want to get busy, you don't want to come to Christ, that's your business. But if you want to, do it now. Do it now. And we've got uh, things to, to take care of. God's, God's working in your life. If you want to come forward and pray, just come down here and kneel and pray. I'm going to be down here in the front. If you want to come and pray and ask Jesus to come into your life, I will help you. Now, we're going to pray just now. As we pray right now, you do what God wants you to do. And then if you need to make that public, you come forward. I'm not going up in public kind of guy myself. 
I know it sounds funny because I'm up in public, but I don't like it either. But I do know this. When we pray just now, whatever's going on in your life, take care of it. And if it's something you need to make public, like if you've just received Christ, you come forward here and make it public. Or maybe there's something you need to make public, you do that. And that's the way we'll operate. And life will be sweet every week. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful, Lord, for the privilege of being able to stand and preach your words. I'm so grateful that you gave us your word. I'm thankful for the family, the family of faith that you've given us here at Five Forks. And Lord, is somebody here today who needs to surrender his or her life to Christ, and I pray that you would help them just now. You've been tugging at their hearts, and now's the time. I pray that you would just help them. And if that's you, just listen to what I'm saying. If that's you, would you just talk to Jesus and tell him, just right where you are between you and God. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You took my place on the cross. I believe that. And Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead, that, you, that I could be made right with God. I believe that. And I ask you now to come into my life. Take over every aspect of my life. I surrender all to you and ask you to be my Lord and my Savior today. If that's your heart's commitment to Christ, praise the Lord for that. You've just entered into the family of God. And we'd like for you to be a part of this family and the family at Five Forks. Well, let me know. Let me know that you've made that commitment as we pray together just now. Father, I thank you for this time of commitment for those who've surrendered their lives to Christ. And then now here we are. So many things have been brought up in these, this passage today that we need to uh, adjust our lives to. I pray you would help us to do that. That we would be able to do that. We commit ourselves to you to be better husbands, better wives, better children, better fathers, better church members, better pastors. We, we commit ourselves to you. Lord, according to your word, we want to uh, yield ourselves and give ourselves and we want to deny ourselves and we want to control ourselves and we want to be uh, made mature and equipped. So Lord, help us today. We commit ourselves to that and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Stones stand together. If something you need to make public today, you come forward before we close out this service and let me know about that.